Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Holy Week Revival Podcast. This week we are excited to welcome special guest speakers, Bishop Steve Fender from Living Way Church in San Antonio, Texas, guest preacher Jabin Chavez from Free Chapel in Irvine, California, Pastor Jonathan Moore from North Rock Church in San Antonio, Texas, and our very own lead pastor, Rex Johnson. Let's stick around until after the message for a very special announcement from Worship Pastor Randy Davenport. And now with his message entitled, Live Again, Pastor Jonathan Moore. It is, it is Good Friday, although Good Friday uh, is good for us. It wasn't, wasn't so good for Jesus. Um, and Good Friday really didn't become good. Until that third morning, Easter Sunday morning, which we're going to celebrate around here in a couple of days. But I'm going to be talking tonight about a simple little subject called live again. Live again. You can live again. I, um, I wonder how you guys, y'all, y'all's brackets are. Did anybody fill out brackets for the NCAA tournament? Do y'all, are y'all way more spiritual than that around here? Nobody did that. Um, well, for those that you know, don't know what that is, there's this little tournament. Uh, some, of, some of you might know it as March Madness, and, and uh, they bring about 68 teams together, and, and, and a lot of us fill out brackets. We, 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 we guess who's going to win what. And uh, mine have not turned out good this year. They've not turned out very good at all. I've been very bad. And there's been years in the past that I've picked all four teams that went to the Final Four where I actually picked them. But this year, I've only got two that I chose in the Final Four. And one of them was pretty obvious, Kentucky. Um, but but everybody, anybody that did brackets, you've got Kentucky in your Final Four too. Um, so that I get no credit for that. But I, I, I didn't do well. It's, it's, been a very, it's been a crazy year in the tournament. There's been a lot of crazy, exciting games. And... Um, there have been a few that, as, as we were watching, you would think that, that, that a particular team has the game won. Like, you can take the proverbial fork and stick it in the other team. They're done. They're cooked. Um, and then somehow, there would be a last-second shot, a last-second turnover. Something crazy happens, and they pull themselves up from what appears to be the end. It's over. They have no shot, and yet they somehow pull the game out. They pulled the game out. I've had, I've had a, about, well, I've had a handful of, of the most disappointing um, times in my life in, in the sports world. And I know it's okay generally here for me to talk about sports because I know who your pastor is. So I'm going to talk about sports a little bit. But um, there have been a time or two, some, a couple of the most disappointing things that have ever happened. One happened in 2006. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. When in the first round of the playoffs, any, any Cowboys fans in the house? That's good. It's not so in my church. I don't know why that is. I'm bitter about that. I just want to make them all leave and start over. I just, sometimes I do. I just want to start over. There are more, there are more Packers jerseys in my church. Well, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Okay. 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 Settle. Let's all just relax. Let's all just relax. But the Cowboys were on their way to beat the Seattle Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs, and and uh, it's about a minute and nineteen seconds on the clock. We're down by one, and we're about to kick a field goal. We're on the two. We're not even on the two yard line. We're about the one and. 
you know, one and three inch line. It's, it's shorter than an extra point, and somehow our quarterback fumbled the snap and, and a very famous play, and, and I, I hit the wall. I was still living in Austin at that time, and I stood up and I hit the wall like that. I didn't put a hole in it or anything. I did hurt my hand. Um, uh, but the other one happened about two years ago in the playoffs because I'm a big Spurs fan as well. Any Spurs fans in the house? Good. Love my Spurs. And, and, and the Spurs were, were, were playing the Heat game six of the NBA Finals. We're up by five with like 22 seconds on the clock. We got this when I was standing in front of the TV like this. I had already told Alicia, we're going to win our fifth championship. We're really going to do it. And I, I really wasn't a believer. I didn't think we could beat the Heat. Um, I like the way that sounds. Anyway, but, but for those of you that know, you know sports, you know what happened after that. Somehow crazy balls bounced all over the place, and LeBron took a shot and missed it, and the ball bounced right back to him, and he took another shot, and he made it, and then we're missing free throws, and then this guy named Ray Allen makes another free throw. And when he made the, when, I'm sorry, a three-pointer, when he made that three-pointer, my heart was crushed because I knew we wouldn't I knew we wouldn't win game seven. I knew we wouldn't win. I knew we didn't have a chance and I didn't even watch game seven. I'm I'm a I mean I'm such a rabid fan that you really don't want to watch games with me. I'm I'm that kind of fan because my family will just get up and leave the room. I'm, I'm sadly I think I might be putting some of that into my, my my oldest kid, but I'm I'm gonna rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But it was disappointing, man. I mean, we had the heat down. They were, they were dead. They were dead. And somehow, last second, last second, they came back to life. I, I learned some pretty valuable lessons. You can't count someone out, I mean, until every second has ticked off of the clock. Every second has ticked off of the clock. I want to tell you a story out of the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 11. Um, and John is the fourth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these first four books of the New Testament are, are all stories of the life of Christ, according to four different writers. And John tells a story in chapter 11 about Jesus and a man named Lazarus. And um, this story happened pretty close before the, the, the Passion Week crucifixion and 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 the subsequent resurrection of Jesus. John chapter 11, beginning with verse number 1, says this, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So, verse 3, the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end. Everybody say it will not end. It will not end in death. No. It is, for the God, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. He said it will not end in death. But here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. It did. He got so sick that he died. They, they, put, him, they put him in a tomb. They, they wrapped him up in grave clothes and they buried him. It, it really did, it really did end in death. He did die from this sickness. But there's a difference in what Jesus calls dead and what we call dead. 
many times when we think it is over, it is over rover. He sees it all together differently. You can think your life, your career, your marriage, your joy, your hope is gone. I mean, it can be hasta la visa, baby, bye, bye, bye. You can think it is gone, dead. Y'all don't, y'all don't know that, really? That was in the early JT days. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? Don't worry about it. But you can think your dreams are dead, your passions are dead, your purpose is gone. But listen, don't put it in the tomb. Don't give up until Jesus speaks to your situation. Don't completely, completely put it to rest. So, so Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He did. He did. Verse 5 said, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, look what he did. He stayed where he was two more days. He loved them so much that he just sat back down. Started talking, started eating, started whatever he was doing, you know, playing jacks, marbles. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was riding in the sand again. He did that from time to time. I don't know what he was doing, but whatever it is, he decided, I, I love them so much I'm just going to stay put. I'm just going to stay put. This ever happened to you? You ever get in a situation where you feel like uh, some dreams that you have um, are, are on the verge of death? Maybe you dream to be a mother and you think it's never going to happen. Or, or maybe you dream to own your own business and, and the clock is ticking and the dream seems to be dying. Uh, maybe the dream to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Come, and, and you think, somebody said, woo. Uh, but you think, you think it's dying. It's never really going to happen. We've all been in those situations where we've thought, man, if something don't happen right now, if Jesus don't show up right now, I, I don't know how this is going to, to end. And I've got to be honest with you, I can't stand waiting on things. I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible waiter. I don't like to wait on things. I, I show up to a restaurant, we, we call ahead because, it, like, is there a wait? If they're like, oh, it's about eight minutes, that's too, but forget it. I cannot wait. I refuse to, to wait. So I would rather drive to another restaurant, you know, eight minutes to another restaurant, than to actually go in there and sit down. At, I'm terrible at, I hate places that you have to wait. I hate the DMV. I mean, it's pointless. You think there would be a better system in place. You, you look around and you think, does anybody care? Does anybody care that I'm here at, at the DMV? I hate places. I hate the emergency room. I've had to, had to go a while back. I don't like it. You're in pain. I need help now. I hate the tire store. That's the worst. <laughs> it's going to be how long for a rotation and balance? Really? All you're going to do is pull them off, turn them on a little deal, put it back on. It just, just, how, long, how could it take that long? But we've all been in these situations where we feel like something in our life that we're hoping for, that we're, we're needing to see, that we're wanting to see is at the point of death. And, 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 and it feels like Jesus is just like, man, I love you so much, I'm just going to have a seat right here and not show up and not help you with anything that's going on. And here's the thing you need to understand. What can seem to be a pointless or, or even painful waiting room in your life Time or season of waiting is often God's most productive workroom for you. What can seem to be like the worst case scenario, like, I mean, this is driving me crazy. It's pointless. It's painful. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And meanwhile, God is doing some of his most productive work. 
There were seasons in there were seasons in Jesus' life where we don't have anything. There were there's no story there's, where we don't know anything that was going on. Listen, I mean, as a matter of fact, I've been following Passion Week all week and thinking about what was Jesus doing today. You know what was going on today. In the Gospels, in, on Wednesday of Passion Week, we really don't have any, any information of anything that really was taking place. Apparently, he stayed in Bethany, didn't even come into Jerusalem on that Wednesday. It was just a silent, silent day for Jesus. But there's some incredible significance in the silence. And, and who knows really what was going on with Jesus on, on that day? Can you imagine what he was thinking about, what he was dealing with, knowing what was to come you know, in, the next, in the next day or so, knowing what was going to happen this weekend and, and the relationships, uh, how they were all going to change. And, and although he knew what was going, how it was going to end, imagine what he was really, really wrestling with. Don't begrudge the waiting room. Don't begrudge the to begrudge, to begrudge those times whenever you feel like nothing is happening and you've called for Jesus and it's like, is he, does he care? Is he going to show up? Jesus is going to show up when it's time for him to show up. You've never seen the righteous forsaken, David said, nor his seed begging for bread. He's not going to let you go. He's going to take care of you. You are in good hands. Good hands. He loved them so much, he just waited two more days. Verse 11, after he had said this, he, he went on to tell them, he's talking to his, his disciples now, hey, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm, I'm going to go there so I can wake him up. I'm going to go there and wake him up. He said he's asleep. Jesus couldn't even call what was going on with Lazarus' death because he knew how it was going to end. See, he knew how it was going to end, so he couldn't even call it death. His, his disciples didn't understand in verse 12. They replied, Lord... If he's sleeping, then he's going to get better. They're like, I mean, generally if somebody's sick and they're sleeping, you don't go, wake up! <laughs> wake up! No, you, you let them rest, right? So they'll, so they'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, verse 13 says. But the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then, because they couldn't understand any other language, he told them plainly. Okay, so you'll understand. From your perspective... My perspective, he's sleeping. But so that you'll be able to grasp what's really going on from your perspective. When you see him with your eyes, with your physical, natural eyes, you're going to see someone who, yes, is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. Everybody say believe. believe. But let us go to him. I once heard a great message Entitled, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. Anybody in this building ever heard that message? Pastor, you know, I preached that message around here recently. <laughs> a long time ago. Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. You know why Jesus was glad? He was glad because he was about to reveal some things to, to his followers, to those ladies, to his disciples, that, that, that was going to change their perspective that was going to change how they viewed him and who he was and what he could do. Probably he was trying to help set them up to believe in the resurrection and what was going to happen on, 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 on Easter Sunday morning. And, and, and as I've gotten older... I've gotten older, I've, I've kind of learned the value of, of passing some things on to my boys as my boys have gotten older. So I'm always looking for things, to sh opportunities to share with them some things that, that they may not know, 
help explain to them, help them grow. Help, any little thing that, that I feel like they need to know that I can pass on to them, I will. I mean, just recently, um, they, during the Christmas holidays, they came home, or, or Alicia bought a, a little yo-yo pack for, for them as they had this little 31-day, uh, whatever it was, Christmas thingy, or calendar advent thingy that they did. And, and so one of the days they got yo-yos, and they're like, ah, cool yo-yos. And uh, I got the yo-yo out, and I'm like flipping it over and bringing it up into my hand and flipping it out and bringing it back and, and you know, walking the dog, except I really couldn't do that very well. And, um, and, but they were just amazed that, that I could do something like that. They were, my, my younger one was like, my 15-year-old didn't really care, but my younger one was like, whoa, Dad, do it again, do it again. So I'm like doing it so much I started hurting, you know, myself. But, but it, it, it was so cool that he was so impressed with me. He was so amazed that I, that I could do something he never dreamed that, that I could do. Jesus was simply wanting to show. He was wanting to build faith in his followers, build faith in his disciples, build faith in Mary and Martha. He loved them so much that he waited so that he could show up and do something so significant that it would completely change their perspective of him and they would believe in him like they had never believed in him before. He wanted to show them. That no matter what it looks like to you and to everybody else, it's not over until I say it's over. Just because he's in the tomb, just because you have buried him, just because you look at him and you call him dead, I say he's just sleeping because I know how it's going to end. How he defines what is dead and how we define what is dead are altogether different. Altogether different. He continues in verse number 20. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. I finally heard that Jesus was making his way, their direction. It's too late now. I mean, Lazarus is dead now. But he's finally coming. And, 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 and they heard that he was on in the journey, on the way, on their direction. And, and, and Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. And this kind of telling here, I think probably there are both types of, of people in this room tonight. There's Marthas who, who go out to meet Jesus, believing that there just might be a glimmer of hope. That, that, that my pers- purpose, my passion, my, my hope, my dream, my future, it just might live. It might possibly still survive. And then there are others in this room like Mary who just like, okay, yeah, Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. But, I mean, it's, it's too late. He's already left. You know, my, my husband's gone. The relationship is, it's over. You know, my, 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 my child has already walked away. I, I've already lost the job. You know, the, the career's ended. I uh, the doctor's already given the diagnosis. I mean, it just is what it is. It's, um, I, I used to dream, and I don't even, you know, I don't even really dream anymore. It's just, it's, it's over now. I've kind of given up on that. I've, I've buried that. It's over. We'll move on to something else. But, but that, that's dead. That's, that's over. Mary's all over the room tonight. What, what is yours? What is, what is it that you've given up on? What is it that has died in you? Maybe it's worship. Maybe you don't feel like you can worship anymore. Used to worship. Just can't, can't get there anymore. Is it hope? Is it hope? You just think there's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. 
The light is completely gone out. I've given up on having hope for a great future. Maybe it's, maybe it's happiness. You feel like happiness has died in you. You feel like you'll never smile again. Because of what, what's happened in the last few months, maybe what's happened in the last few years, or it could be something that happened you know, a decade ago or 20 years ago, but for whatever reason, you feel like happiness has just died. We have Mary's and we have Martha's all over the room tonight. There's some that are like, you know, happy, my happiness is gone, but I just believe, I, I do, I think that it, it just might have hope if, if Jesus could speak to my situation. Watch what happens in verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She believed in him in that regard. She believed that he could have healed him before the death. Jesus said to her, matter of factly, I, I love this. He didn't mess around about it. He didn't like eat around the bush. He just said, your brother's going to rise again. He's going to rise again. And she said, I, I know. I, I know. But she didn't know. She did not know what he was talking about. She acted like she knew what he was talking about. I, I know. I know he's going to rise again at the resurrection, you know, at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I, I am the resurrection, see, and, and the life. The one who believes in me, even the ones who believes in me will live even though they die. And verse 26 says, and whoever lives by believing in me. I want you to see that. Whoever lives by believing in me. Do you want to live again? Believe in him. Do you want to have hope again? Believe that he can give you hope. Do you want to have happiness again? Believe that he can give you happiness. Do you want to have passion again? Believe that he can give you passion again. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he looked at her directly and said, Do you believe this? What a question. What a question from Jesus. Every now and then Jesus would ask these amazing questions. Do you want to be made whole? He asked a man one time. He asked another man, what do you want me to do for you? And he asked Martha, or asked, asked Martha, do you believe this? And just like he asked Martha this question, I want to, I want to pose that question to everybody in this room tonight. Do you believe that Jesus can resurrect that dead thing that is in you. That thing that you have rolled up in grave clothes, stuck in the tomb, and rolled a stone in front of it and said, it's over, Rover. It'll never be the same again. Do you believe that Jesus, the resurrection and the life, can bring to life happiness? Do you believe that he can bring to life hope? Do you believe that he can bring to life a purpose and a passion in your heart? Do you believe that? Now, catch this. Believing is, is, is not necessarily fully understanding. Some people get, get, they get hung up right here. They get messed up with this. Especially the intellects of the world. I want to understand Jesus. I want to understand it. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Believing is not about understanding. 
It's, not, it's, it's the same difference as flipping on a light switch. And I don't understand how or why the electricity works. I don't care. I don't care how it works. The other day we were in the car and my, my, my 11-year-old says, Dad, how do cell phones work? I'm like, dude, I have no idea how they work. I mean, there's, there's towers involved, and some things, there's satellites involved. I, I, just, know, I just know they were. I don't, don't, I don't, I just trust. I just trust that whenever I, you know, pick up the phone and, and dial my beautiful bride of 21 years, when I, when I, when I dial her number, I trust that it's going to ring. Now, she's not going to answer it. I have no faith that she's going to actually pick up the phone. But I know it's going to ring. And sometimes I hang up and I call again. And again. And again. This is, yes, as you might imagine, this is a bit of a sore spot in our marriage. But 21 years in, we're going to get through this. We are going to make it. But I, I don't know how it works or why or what, but I just know when I, when I dial her number, it's going to ring. Some of you might say, I just don't fully understand this Jesus thing. I don't, I, I don't grasp it. I'm having trouble really wrapping my mind around how he, he was the ultimate sacrifice and he paid the price and, and he gave his life so that I could have freedom and he conquered death and he conquered hell and he conquered the grave. And, and because of that, I can live again. I still wrestle really. With, with, with fully grasping that, but that's okay. I don't really completely get it. I know it all, but I still have trouble wrapping this mind around it all. It doesn't matter, though. As long as I can believe, as long as I can believe that He is the resurrection and He is the life and that He can resurrect some things in me that have died, that He can resuscitate the passion that I have lost... That he can resurrect the security that I, I have in myself. That he can resurrect love in my life. That he can resurrect hope and, and a future in my life. As long as I believe that he can save me. Believe that he can save me. Some of you will believe that Jesus can save the people around you. But you have trouble believing that he can save you. You say, well, yeah, he'll save my grandma. Because she's so good and she's so sweet. Yeah, he can save the people in front of me or the people sitting behind me or the people on the stage or whatnot. If Jesus can save the people on the stage tonight, trust me, he can save you. Because these folks got problems just like you got problems. These folks wrestle with things just like you do. Everybody in this room, there are no perfect individuals in this room. Everybody wrestles with things. And you might sit here tonight and you think, I'm the worst person. I'm the worst person in this room. I will guarantee you, you're not. Look around. Look around. You just saw somebody that's got some worse problems than you. And guess what? Jesus is going to save them too. He gave his life once and for all. Once and for all. Do you believe that Jesus can save you? Don't believe that he can just save somebody else. I mean, Martha was like, if you'd have been here, you know he wouldn't have died. I believe that. I believe that. You need to believe that he can resurrect 
your dead spirit, your dead uh, relationship with Jesus. Maybe you at one point had a relationship with Jesus. And you're saying, Jonathan, I used to know Jesus, but I don't know him anymore. I'm not walking with him the way that I used to walk with him. He wants you to live again tonight. He wants that relationship to live again tonight. Verse 43, a lot of things happened, but Jesus finally got to the tomb. Roll that stone away. He said in verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The dead men came out. His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Lazarus came hopping out of the tomb. He said, take off those grave clothes and let, let it, let's have more go. Just because he's in the tomb doesn't mean he won't live again. And just because you've put hope in the tomb doesn't mean it's not going to live again. This weekend is Easter. And, and, and although, although on, on, on Friday night, on Good Friday, things didn't look so good. They were not. Things got real good on Sunday morning. That's when Good Friday became Good Friday. It was just Friday. Like it was dark Friday. It was bad Friday. But on Easter Sunday morning, Good Friday became very, very good. And we're going to celebrate that around here and in San Antonio at North Rock on, on Easter Sunday. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But lest you think that Easter is only about celebrating the fact that Jesus conquered death... Awesome! Go Jesus! 2,000 years ago, this cool thing happened. Jesus conquered death. Yay for Jesus! And we will do that. And we do feel that way. But I want to help you see something tonight. Jesus conquering death was not the end of the story. Because Easter is all about you understanding that just like Jesus lives again, you can live again. He wants to resurrect what's going on in your world. Romans chapter 8 verse 11, Romans 8 and verse 11 says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, everybody say in me, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life, everybody say life, to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Every dead thing, every dead experience in your life, he wants to resurrect it. If it's a marriage, if it's, if it's love, if it's some crazy relationship, if it's a career, if it's your relationship with him, he wants to resurrect it. He wants to resurrect it. Do you believe that? Martha, do you, do you believe this? Because if you believe it, then you can live again. Do you believe he can bring your happiness back to life? Do you believe that he can resuscitate your, your passion and bring it back to life? Because if you believe it, it can happen. It's as simple as that. Would you close your eyes? I'm going to pray for you tonight. Now, Lord Jesus, all over this room, there are people who are wrestling with anxiety, who are wrestling with loneliness, who are dealing with anger, who are dealing with hopelessness 
who are thinking that there's no way there'll ever be a light at the end of my tunnel. I've been consumed by hopelessness. There are people in this room who think that that relationship with their, with their sibling or that relationship with their child, that it's dead. That it's dead. I've already wrapped it up, put it in the tomb. Never going to live again. And Jesus has stepped into this room tonight to let us all know that it's not over until he says it's over. Don't call dead what he calls sleeping. It's just sleeping. It's not going to end in death. When all is said and done, it will live again. And that concludes today's podcast. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening. Hey, this is Randy Davenport, lead worship pastor here at Christian Life Austin, inviting you to check out our new single, Resurrected One, available now on iTunes and at cdbaby.com.